0: Welcome to Tramlines, a podcast from Agri. I'm your host, Tony Smith, putting your questions to the experts. In this episode, we're talking to Sky Van Hazen, Market Development Manager at Agri, Ella Thackeray, Innovation Crops Product Manager, and Rebecca Gibson, who is Pulse Products Manager. Today, we're going to explore some potentially exciting alternative crops. Three crops that could bring some real benefits for the livestock industry and also those growing for the human food chain. Could they also bring some financial benefits for growers here in the UK? Let's ask the experts to find out more. So good morning to you all. Good morning.
1: Morning. Morning.
0: Good morning. And it's fantastic to see you uh, all here for the podcast. So let's start off. Sky, why are we looking at these crops?
2: So Agri really wanted to address the value chain in its entirety from farm to fork. And so we've been investigating these crops for over five years now. And we're happy to say that we have some really good alternative crops for farmers to have a go with.
0: Great. And uh, just just to summarise, what alternative crops are we actually talking about today?
2: So today we're going to look at lupins, some food barley and the haricot beans that we've been trialling extensively.
0: Right. And just remind us, because I forget these things, but haricot beans, we're talking obviously about the beans that go in our baked beans, aren't we? That is one
2: of the versions, yes. We, uh, these are dry beans, uh, so they're harvested dry. But yes, the, we have a white bean that goes into baked bean production, and we also have a black bean and also a blonde bean.
0: So many of these crops we've looked at and talked about before. I mean, it, it, for anybody that's been in agriculture for a number of years, you would go, you, you'd be thinking, well, yes, we've talked about this before. So w- w- why are they particularly relevant now?
2: So obviously, um, we're aware of rising costs on the farm, we're aware of rising costs within the value chain as well. So we talk about offsetting carbon, we talk about transport, diesel, all of it. And so really being able to do it now is probably the right time to do it. But equally, back in the day, shall I say, uh, we didn't have the technology that we have today. So for example, haricots didn't work 20 something years, 30 something years ago, but the combines have moved on, the technology's moved on, the varieties have moved on. And so we're, we're now pleased to say that, yeah, we've got a series of varieties that can deliver a good end.
0: Yeah, great. And and good news for farmers listening today, because, you know, they are indeed really challenging times, aren't they? So, Rebecca, let's come to you here, because uh, I know you've been looking at lupins and focusing on the pulse crops uh, overall. But w- why lupins? Why should we go back to talking about this crop that we've talked about so often in the past? What's the main benefit they bring?
1: So lupins for a grower, and um, particularly those growers with livestock enterprises on the farm, um, lupins offer an alternative source of protein, and it's a high-quality protein similar to soya. So that's great news for anybody looking to reduce their soya um, soya usage on farm, um, and also anybody looking for alternative protein crops to grow. And um, because, similarly to peas and beans, they're very good at fixing nitrogen. So particularly where we're in a climate where nitrogen prices are high, and people are looking to reduce nitrogen uh, or reduce um, manufactured nitrogen um, inputs on farm pulse crops such as lupins could offer um, a good option for these growers. Um, so we've got a number of trials in the ground that we've had for a few years um, screening varieties, uh, herbicide work, drilling dates, inoculant use and a whole range of sort of agronomic uh, techniques to get the best out of growing the lupin crops. Um, and we've got some really promising results come out of that this year.
0: That, that sounds fantastic. And when you talk about soya, a big benefit of growing lupins on your own farm is, of course, it's homegrown, isn't it? Are, are lupins easy to manage on farm?
1: Uh, simple answer is yes, if you pick the right variety. Um, so we've screened a, a whole load of um, varieties, blue lupins, the determinate types, white lupins, which are more indeterminate. And uh, the bottom line is that the maturity is key. Um, we've had more success with the blue determinate types. Um, so these are the varieties that we're focusing mainly um, on. So, um, yes, they can, they can work really well given the right variety choice.
0: The inclusion of lupins in the diet as a source of protein, uh, that's been a challenge in the past and been a limiting factor, hasn't it? Is, is that OK now? How, how, is, how have we got over that barrier?
1: I would say um, the percentage included overall nationally would still be very low. Um, The key driver behind this is going to be feed mills. Um, And a lot of the feed mills are still using soya. Um, So, really, at the minute, we're targeting our lupin sort of projects and lupin work really at sort of the home grown market or those with good relationships with neighbouring livestock enterprises. We are hopeful that it will grow uh, and we are looking to work with a number of end users to try and increase the inclusion of lupins in diets.
0: Thanks for that, Rebecca. And let's now move on to another crop. And Ella, I know that you've been looking into food barley. Can you clarify for the listeners today, what actually is food barley?
3: So food barley is a naked barley. So it threshes free from the husk at combining to produce a whole grain which is full of nutritional benefits for the human health. So we're looking at beta-glucan-resistant starch to ultimately improve gut health.
0: And Skye, I know you touched on the benefits to human health. Um, Can you remind us of what you covered in your last podcast?
2: Yeah, so food barley is really targeted at uh, overall improvement of health. So we talk about these resistant starches and beta-glucans helping with cardiovascular disease, diabetes, um, obesity, and that's really is the target at um in terms of improving overall health in the population.
0: Okay, great. And Ella, coming back to you then, um, you know, how, how do farmers uh get more information about this food barley um sector?
3: Yeah, so I think we're the only ones that are currently looking at it. So it is through GB Seeds, which is part of Agri. Uh, we currently support with one variety, which is a short-strawed six row spring barley. It's grown very much like feed wheat, but there is no need for a minimum nitrogen requirement so it is more those people that can't reach the malting spec that can still get a decent gross margin from a barley.
0: So the growing requirements the agronomy requirements aren't any more challenging than growing a feed wheat or a, a feed barley is that is that what I'm hearing?
3: Yes yeah, so if you're already growing a spring feed barley it's grown very similar so it, it is easy to adopt onto that.
0: Yeah, good news and Sky because I know you've been looking into this for a long time but How does a grower that's looking to grow some food barley find the end market? Where is the end market for this? So at
2: the moment, the end market is with the food ingredients businesses. So they are the ones that are supplying it into the chain. So And by that chain, we're talking about artisanal bakeries. We're talking about maybe some wider scale bakery as well. Um, And that is, in essence, where the the product is going at the moment.
0: Fantastic. So we've heard about Lupin's. Uh, accessible, if you like, as an alternative crop for homegrown protein, for livestock enterprises. We've heard from you, um, Ella, about the food barley sector, which is, and, and sounds to me as if that's a completely new area, but seems suitable for many different cereal growers that they could quickly uh, adapt and grow that crop. Um, Sky, from your point of view, I know you've been working with processors and talking about haricot beans. So tell us a bit about how um, suitable is that for the UK? Yeah, so um,
2: <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a bit of an uphill challenge. That's the truth of it. Um, the reality is is we have tried over the last four years to try to grow this crop and grow it in terms of getting it off the ground. So one of the key challenges with the haricots is actually combining them. Um, so we've been trying to get them taller, if you will, and particularly the white bean. Because when we've spoken to the, the chain uh, and all these various uh, businesses, everybody wants the white bean, which is for baked bean production. Uh, whereas our black bean and our blonde bean actually stand much better and further off the ground. So a normal combine can get in and cut it. So but what, we, um, so what we've done this year um, is we managed to get a demo done with a Macdon header. So, which is a flex draper header um, and it was provided on New Holland combine and basically it was almost a do and die situation. And what we actually saw was that this crop was getting cut perfectly. So we were able to gather pretty much all but maybe 10% into the bin and yields were okay. They weren't great. But then this year we got hit with the heat during flowering period. And to be fair, we had a, um, a marifat pea uh, section right next to us. And even that was down um, almost to half of its normal yield. So really it was a challenging year for the crop, but overall we're very pleased to say that mechanically we can now get it in the tank, which previously we weren't able to say.
0: Right, and that sounds, you know, good news for growers because, you know, the important thing is being able to actually harvest and manage that crop. Uh, as we were talking about the lupins with Rebecca, that they're with the right varieties that can really, really help. And similarly with the food barleys that it's an easy crop to be able to grow. Um, what sort of acreages are we talking here? What's the potential for UK growers? Let's start with the haricot beans. What sort of tonnage are we talking that could be grown in the UK?
2: Yeah, so currently the UK imports over 60,000 tonne of this product. Um, now, obviously, yields are yields. It depends on where you're growing it, how it's growing, what the season, mother nature, etc. I mean, we are talking about a very short cycling crop. So this is a 100, 105 day crop. Um, so, planted at the right time, again, you know, are you going to get hit with dry, hot weather, or are you going to get the moisture? But that said, we'd say, yeah, your yields are going to be between two tons of a hectare to three tons of a hectare. So, again, you know, the potential is, yes, up to maybe thirty odd thousand hectares that could be grown in the country. Um, and that's assuming no growth in the market. So, I would anticipate beans to continue to grow in the market. These are very easy to use as well from a consumer's perspective. So they don't require soaking like many of the other beans. So these are straight into your your dishes in the evening, for example. And again, one of the reasons why the end users are very interested in working with us because they've reduced their cost of production. So they've reduced their carbon by offsetting imports. They are reducing their energy because they don't have to pre-cook them. Um, so basically, can go straight in and onto the shelves.
0: So, sounds good news. And Rebecca, just coming back to you and the lupins, what sort of... Area could be grown in the UK, you know, for those for that livestock uh, feed inclusion.
1: Well, I mean, potentially it's massive. Uh, the UK currently imports around three million tons of soya each year. Um, so obviously, we're not going to get all of that. <laughs> that would be a nice uh, a nice pipe dream, um, but the potential is there. Um, you know, even if we could reduce soya imports by fifty percent, that would be a, a massive start. Um, but yeah, the potential is certainly there for for good hectares of
0: it. In fact, a huge potential when you talk about that huge tonnage that has to be imported. And we all know what's going on in the world at the moment in terms of, you know, accessibility to uh, materials like that. So, wow, that's very exciting. And Ella, in terms of that food barley, I know it's early days, but could that be really quite a substantial crop going forwards?
3: I think we hope so. Um, I think the thing is with barley, it isn't included in so much food stuff that we consume, but it's not something you really think that you're eating, that like you don't go out of your way looking for it. So I think it's start, we, we want to offset that barley that is already included in the diet to have this nutritional benefits. So we have got some, end, we've got multiple end users which are engaging with us, and we hope to see that grow further and further as it's more accepted into the, the everyday diet.
0: Of course. And, you know, diet is, I guess, is as topical, if not more topical than it's ever been before, isn't it? As, we, as people make lifestyle choices and also need to make choices from a, a health perspective. So exciting news there. So three fantastic choices. But, but Sky, where, where does a farmer, where does a grower and an agronomist, in fact, start to find out more about these three specific crops?
2: So really, um, you know, in terms of, uh, well, it's just contacting your local agri person at the the end of the day. But in terms of, you know, if we look at things like your food barleys, your haricot beans, um, you know, those sort of crops, I mean, GV Seeds is the current trading arm for it. So that's out of agri. So talk to your agri-agronomist and they'll get you in contact with GV Seeds. From a Lupin perspective, Rebecca's leading that. So um, again, you know, it's just uh, the agri-agronomist can go straight to Rebecca and we can start to grow this further, really.
0: These crops sound fantastic exciting real new prospects for uk growers significant acreages could be required but how are they actually going to perform on farm in terms of gross margin for that farm enterprise the bottom line i guess is will these crops be profitable to grow what do you think rebecca
1: yes um i'd say obviously there's a number of factors that come into play you've got to look at the right variety um the right agronomy so weed control etc, um, but potentially there are good, um, good gross margins to be made. Um, this year we have seen, I would say, very disappointing yields with the lupins in some places, but again, as Skye's mentioned, we've had an incredibly dry, hot year. Um, the lupins are sort of being drilled middle to the end of March um, and harvested August, and obviously we've had very little rain in that whole growing period, so understandably yields are going to be lower, um, which we've seen across a range of crops this year. But given normal growing conditions, the right variety, the right agronomic advice, um, yeah, there's no reason why you can't have a successful looping
0: crop. And Ella, for you, you were, of course, talking about the equivalent of growing a a spring wheat or a spring barley. So time also to, you know, uh, think about the potential for this crop and its end use. Um, Is this a profitable crop for farmers to start to look at?
3: Yes, because barley is probably something they're already looking at. They're already growing. So it's about getting a, a larger gross margin out of that. Although the yields are lower than your traditional spring barleys, obviously we're on the buyback contract, we're paying a premium to make up for that loss.
0: So Ella, you mentioned about the food barley being potentially, you know, a really interesting crop in terms of profitability for the farm enterprise. Um, but I also understand that at the moment it's very limited as to what you're working with in terms of acreage tell me a bit more about that
3: yeah so as we're still growing and developing the crop with our end users we are running a very limited area at the moment so our main our main aim is to increase awareness around the crop and for farmers to realize that hopefully it should soon be another option that they could move to
0: sure so it's 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 early days as far as this crop being a a really interesting prospect. Uh, I I get that. And, and what are you looking for when you're you're trialing this and you're you're looking at it on farm? What what are the things that you're looking for in terms of this crop's performance?
3: So as I've mentioned, we're growing it for nutrition for the human food chain. So it's about maximising those beta glucans and dietary fibres. And so far within our trials, we've seen that that is optimised in the eastern regions. So when we do start looking for more area, that will be within the east because our charles just haven't shown the same quality elsewhere.
0: Right, excellent. So I'm hearing the word premium. Good news for farmers listening today. And Sky, for Haricot Beans, is that financially worthwhile?
2: Yes, I mean, to be fair, none of these crops that we're investigating, we would continue with if we didn't think there was value to be had from everybody, you know, within this chain. So Haricot Beans... We know what the import price is and we're able to back calculate to to provide the farmer with a, with a healthy gross margin. I mean, we're always going to be benchmarking off current crop as well. So we know what, you know, if you're going to put a haricot bean in, what would you put in? A spring bean? OK, what a spring bean sold at. OK, we need to be a little bit more profitable than that. So the realities are is that everything we do is definitely going to have value to everybody within that chain.
0: Fantastic. So that's good news because there's obviously that's uh, a good enterprise reason to look into these alternative crops just to, to round off the podcast for today what top tip would you like to leave listeners with today as they finish listening to this podcast and go away what would you like them to think about um ella let's start with you uh, what would you like listeners to think about today
3: i think it's mainly about if you're looking at alternative cropping it's finding the right crop to fit in with your enterprise it's finding the right thing for fitting into your current rotations and equipment and the assets that you currently have.
0: Yeah. Great. Uh, Rebecca, what about, what are your thoughts?
3: Well, I would agree with Ella.
1: Um, all of those things are key considerations to take into account, but also don't dismiss the crops either. Um, lupins especially. I hear people say, well, we tried them 10, 15, 20 years ago and they didn't work. Why are they going to work now? Well, we've come a long way in variety choice, agronomy, um, end use so don't dismiss it they potentially could work better for
2: you now than they have in the past
0: yeah good advice and, and sky uh what were be your thoughts
2: just to you know to echo ella and rebecca really and to say that you know these are now viable opportunities you know uh, technologies have moved on times have moved on varieties have moved on and so so is everything else the end users are completely engaged now because they have realized they have to be You know, we're at that point now where everybody in the chain wants to know a little bit more and wants these crops. So we're in a prime position to be capitalising. And Agri have done a lot of an investigation into how to get them to work.
0: Well, thank you to you all this morning, Sky, Rebecca and Ella, for a really interesting discussion there about three specific alternative crops, lupins, food barley, and haricot beans, all of which could show real promise for providing alternative crops for UK growers with some really valuable benefits for the end users. That's it for this podcast, but do tune in again as we meet the experts throughout the season, exploring the many immediate and longer-term questions for growers and farmers in the UK. If you have any questions that you'd like us to ask the experts, email info at agri.co.uk. See you next time.